Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. The thing that has me has me kind of okay with Kazuto is he's the atypical Star Wars main character. Look at Luke. Luke was a bumpkin. Yeah, dude. Um, this is He sounds like he's mentally challenged. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling over there. Why does he sound like that? Like, yeah, Kazuda, it's a little bit Kazuda too much. sounds like he's mentally challenged. He doesn't sound like he's podunk, you know, fresh off the bus stop because somebody promised him he's going to be a Hollywood movie star. But he finds out when he got to the bus and the guy that picked him up was a fat, overweight, Weinstein looking motherfucker. And he's trying to get him into porn. <laughs> language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. And today, today, I am in the studio today with David Sabal. Hello, David. Hello. Today we have the high ground. Yes. And I am your host, Michael Flores, not Flores. I will no longer hide the roots of my name because of the shame that I have of my own heritage. I will now pronounce my name the right way. And that is Flores. Well, I'll join you there with Sabal. How's that? Flores and Sabal. Their na- hashtag, their names are Flores and Sabal. I hope everybody now honors me. <laughs> because being a minority makes us special. Remember, to make us feel special, join the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I don't know where if I want to go down this route, Dave, but, you know, let me just say this. And I think the hardcore Star Wars fans listening will understand what I'm talking about without getting too much into the politics, uh, the social identity politics of social media and how it relates to Star Wars currently. Yes. And uh, let, let me just say, like, I'm Mexican, you're Filipino. And if, if anybody were to ever treat me like I'm not a human being because I'm Mexican, I don't need your pat on the back. I don't need the white man's approval. I don't need to be validated by your white guilt. <laughs> I'm a person just like you. Yeah, exactly. My name is Anakin and I'm a person. <laughs> I'm a person. It was the very first lesson we learned in Phantom Menace. <laughs> that is very true. Yes. My name is Anakin and I'm a person. Man. Uh, listen, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need white pats on the back. Nothing against white people. I love them because we're all the same people. We're all the same we're all the same person. We're all the same person. Don't be like Palpatine, you know, patting Anakin on the back and telling him that he's going to watch your growth as you grow up because <laughs> you, you're you just being creepy at that point. Yeah. I'm no longer ashamed of my heritage, though, Dave. I'm just going to say that I'm no longer ashamed and I will wear it with a badge of honor. All right. Now that that's out of the way, Dave, let's get into some Star Wars news. Oh, yeah. All right. Star Wars Episode Nine is in the thick of filming. In the thick of filming. And already photos are leaking out into the interwebs, which did we have photos leak from Force Awakens? We did not have photos like this, right? I mean, these are photos of location shooting with three, four main characters potentially in the shot. God bless drones, the drone technology today, because apparently that's the best way to get set 
shots nowadays. I don't know if I want. Don't say God bless. I don't think that's a good thing. Do we really want people snapping photos of our of our movies before it's ready to be released? I would be as a filmmaker, David, you would be furious. I would be furious. I would be furious. But these don't look like drone photos, do they? They look like someone's uh, phone, iPhone. Right? Yeah, they they kind of do in, in in some regard. Unless the drone was zooming in with a telephoto lens, Dave. These are pretty close shots. Uh, but according to this website, comicbook.com, newly leaked photos captured from the set of Star Wars Episode Nine offer a peek at Chewbacca and new looks for Finn and Poe Dameron, which I think also helps legitimize. The theories of that set photo, the official set photo that J.J. Abrams had tweeted out on the first day of shooting, where we had a blurred image uh, of two figures uh, and Chewie. And Chewie, yeah. And I think it's safe to say this is who they were. In that Millennium Falcon, it looks like it was Poe Dameron, Finn, and Chewie. That's going to be the trio, it looks like, in this next movie. Which is cool, because I, I, I honestly feel that I want... To see more of Poe and Chewie, especially Chewie, because like I think it was their characters were simply glossed over in the last last movie, and Finn Finn was Finn would played a major role in the last movie, but even then there wasn't much character development with Finn. No, and because of these photos, uh, we also have more news that has kind of avalanched into some theories. But apparently there's also some additional reshoots because the actor that now plays Chewie, uh, what was his name? Jason or Junas, Junas Junas. Suitamo, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Yes. He has had to cancel an upcoming Comic-Con appearance due to filming and rewrites uh, that allegedly have something to do with Billy D. Williams character Lando as well. And uh, Chewie's original scenes had all been shot already. Allegedly, many of the scenes for episode nine were actually shot during the production of Solo. So that could be if you're a Chewie fan, you might kind of sh- make a sad face and shrug your shoulders and say, oh, really? So that means Chewie's not really going to be that prevalent prevalent in episode nine. But it looks like that may be changing. Yeah, that might be changing. And honestly, Dave, more than anything, a lot of people are kind of picking apart those photos saying, oh, what what does this mean? What does this scene mean? But for me, as a Chewbacca fan, Dave, this allows me to have some hope, maintain some hope that we get a little bit of preview or a little bit of insight into what Chewbacca's life is like without Han Solo. Because in Last Jedi, we didn't really get that because not a lot of time passed. It no, was only a, only a few moments had passed before Chewie and Rey had been thrown right into the thick of battle again and then going to find Luke. And then Chewie coming in and having to fly the Millennium Falcon with Rey to help the, the resistance at the end of the movie. But now that we know time is going by, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what Chewbacca's life is like without Han Solo. What does he go do? Does he go back to Kashyyyk? Does he stay to help the resistance to honor Han Solo? These are questions that I had because it's the Lone Ranger and Tonto, essentially. Solo and Chewie are the Lone Ranger and Tonto. So what happens when the Lone Ranger dies? It's going to be interesting to see what place they can find Chewbacca. And I think a place it will be interesting to find where they put Chewbacca. And I think if they do actually do scenes with Chewbacca and Billy D. Williams, I think that is the best way to to kind of explore Chewbacca's character even more because, like, you need to bring in that familiar character. And they've already eliminated familiar characters with Chewbacca. You know, they've gotten rid of Han, they've gotten rid of Luke. It's going to be really difficult to do anything with Leia. Lando is actually, honestly, besides when they were talking about the reshoots with Billy D. Williams and uh, Jonas, I thought it made complete sense that basically out of all the characters out there, Lando and Chewbacca should should actually meet up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the news is linked. Lando and Jonas's reshooting, or I should say Billy D. Williams and Jonas's 
filming, filming. the rumors are synced together, saying that it looks like they're going to be working together, possibly to flesh out a much bigger story that originally wasn't a part of Episode 9 that allegedly now involves Chewie and Lando. And I couldn't be happier because that will, you're right, Dave, that would be a great way to continue Chewie's story and keep that connection to the original cast. Because Chewie, to me, is like, yes, he has his own independent thoughts and he's not just a pet that belongs to Han Solo, but his character development has always been a part of Solo. So to see him now alone, I feel like they have to kind of flesh that out and, yeah. and explore that a bit. Not, I'm not talking you know, an entire storyline for him, but definitely find those important moments to really flesh that out and explore where Chewie goes from here. And where he has gone since the death of Solo. And if they find a way to make that connection with Lando, I, I think that is the the most likely and viable character connection that they could make between the two. I think that would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot of sense. And I think that even even uh, I would even say that basically the connection between Lando and Chewie could possibly be even better than the, the meeting when Luke met Chewbacca back in uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, because like, let's face it, Chewbacca and Lando traveled much more than Luke and Chewie. Yeah, they're better. Luke and Chewie are best friends. You know, he has that life debt to Solo and and Leia. But in actuality, if you think about it, he would be more close closer to people like Han Solo and Lando because that's that's their group. That's their clique. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how they started. We saw it in the Solo the solo movie that basically Lando met Chewie before anybody besides Han. Yeah. And you see that also in, in Empire Strikes Back with that camaraderie between the three, because like, you know, Lando looks at Chewie and says, are you still traveling around with this, with this uh, scoundrel? This loser. This loser. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, you can kind of get that sense that basically they have that camaraderie. So to actually hear that, as I said, with, with, they said that the shootings are coincide with Billy D. Williams. I'm like going, I was really excited because I honestly think the new the new trilogy, they haven't done a lot of justice towards Chewbacca, who's one of the most beloved characters in all of all of the fandom. I don't know. Like I agree. I see where you're coming from. There hasn't been a lot of I I guess character development. For you know, for Chewie, I think Solo is probably the the best movie to point to as as development of his story, for the most part, he's kind of always been a background character. But I feel like J.J. did a lot of... I think J.J. was able to find a lot of great moments for Chewie in The Force Awakens uh, when he interacts with Solo. Uh, and same thing with... I even think Ryan Johnson did a pretty good job, you know, connecting him to the Porgs and making his... Uh, I don't want to say comedic, because I don't want to chalk Chewbacca off just simply as a comedic plot device or a comedic narrative device but essentially that's kind of what he turned into in the last jedi there were some great moments but at the same time um i think ryan johnson knowing that there's so many different story elements to tell in the last jedi especially with him wanting to branch off into for the most part an ensemble cast which is relatively new concept to star wars at least the skywalker saga a true ensemble cast which is what he tried to do with the with the last jedi but despite that he did find moments for Chewie that uh, worked as well to at least remind us maybe they weren't relevant to his development, development. as a character yeah. but it but he did just enough to remind us that Chewie's still here and yeah. that he that the beloved character we all grew up with is still in the in the background doing his thing I agree I agree with you to a degree because like JJ did a really good homage to all those characters you could tell in Force Awakens that JJ loves those characters enough that basically he doesn't, he wants to do just a little bit of justice. Like I'll never forget that basically after the death of Han Solo, the scene with Chewie sulking in the, uh, being really sad in the, and, uh, in the base after they find out Han's dead. Yeah. That actually tugged on the heartstrings. That was a really cool scene because yeah, JJ has JJ knows what 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 to do with those moments. JJ has the ability to create emotion with just a few moments of screen time. Yeah. Uh, just like the moment when Han Solo died and all of our emotions were already heightened because Kylo Ren stuck a saber through his gut.
And the moment when Chewie yells or, or roars and just starts going jihad on every stormtrooper <laughs> in that base was a fantastic moment. It's one of my favorite moments. Oh, in, it is. And Force Awakens was when Chewie started just blasting and killing everybody because of that emotional connection to his best friend that he just saw get impaled by a son. Let's take it up a notch. By a young boy that Chewie no doubt, no doubt witnessed and had a part in helping him grow up as a man. Yeah. So imagine how that feels as Chewie. Let's say Uncle Chewie. Let's put this into a, a family perspective that we can all kind of relate to. Uncle Chewie witnesses a son, a nephew of sorts, that he also saw grow up just murder his best friend. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of emotion there. That and is I, a lot of emotion. And I feel like J.J. managed to convey that with just a few moments of revenge killing. Yes. Now, moving into Last Jedi, that, that was a bit lost. It was a bit lost. Although the moment between him and, and Luke, I think, helped a lot with that as well. When Luke realizes something happened Han Solo and Chewie just kind of sags his shoulders. So I feel like for the most part, despite the many problems I have with Last Jedi, I don't think Chewie's one of them. For me personally, I feel like Ryan Johnson did as much as he could possibly do with that character when you're dealing with with 25 different characters in a movie. In a movie, yeah. Uh, but that being said, bringing it back to the relevant news topics that we're discussing today, it looks like J.J. has bigger plans for Chewie, and I think that's a good thing. This guy is one of the original characters. He's very important, and you can't just shrug him off as a as a, a menial character in the background for the final installment of what may be the last time we ever see him. You need to give him his due. Yes. So I'm happy with it. All right, so this takes us to the next bit of rumors for Episode 9. Now, this one doesn't come with a lot of facts. <laughs> you know whereas the one we the, the the ones we just discussed you know were, were the photos accompanied it photos accompanied this news along with people's schedules that you can actually pinpoint. back check and pinpoint this one is a little different dave and and you're going to take us through this one okay this one has to do with the re, the potential returning Yes, the potential I'm, return of an iconic Star Wars character. I am I am really psyched about this one because this comes from uh, movie uh, movieweb.com and the title is Star Wars 9 rumor reveals shocking return of iconic villain. Uh JJ Abrams is entering the third week of shooting on Star Wars Episode 9 and it's getting increasingly harder to keep all its secrets locked at home base. A new rumor claims that the iconic uh, an iconic villain will make an appearance in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. Uh, apparently, it is to believe uh, if we are to believe the hype, there will be a heartbreaking scene in Episode Nine. Uh, it will not only feature Kylo Ren and Anakin Skywalker; it will also feature the return of Darth Vader. Uh, okay, this is where the rumor begins to get. A little crazy, Dave. Now, yes. but okay. If you think of Star Wars, I could see this happening. Okay, but have we ever? Now, okay. Let's first off, let's dissect what we know. Okay. All right, we already know that Force spirits is a thing. Yes, we don't really know if it's a thing before Liam Neeson's character Qui Gon Jinn, though, because it hasn't been reestablished in new canon that this is something that the old Jedi used to know. The only the only time I know. That you can make the argument that uh, force spirits have been have been seen is in Clone Wars and the lost episodes with Yoda, because Yoda goes to those to those special places that basically introduce the force spirits, and he does run across the uh, the spirit of uh, Darth. I can't remember his name, but it was voiced by Mark Hamill at the end of Clone Wars, and. It was supposed to be the ancient spirit of a Sith Lord, and Yoda runs into him. So that is the only time I could actually that we could actually say yes, there have been moments in Star Wars lore where the Force spirits have shown up. Besides the uh, the uh, the movies, like like you said, like Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yoda later on in, in Return of the Jedi. Okay, but for a established canon, officially established, established canon. canon, 
what we know of the first Jedi that has returned from the from the netherworlds was established in an exposition from Yoda to Obi-Wan. To Obi-Wan. Okay, yes. then in Clone Wars, it was kind of delved into, and we learned that Qui-Gon Jinn, through his training, uh, he utilized what he learned from the Force priestesses. Yes. He become one with the Force and retain his identity after his death. Will they explore that aspect? I know there was a connection between the Force priestesses and the Guardians of the Will, not the Guardians of the Wills, but the Wills. The Wills. There has been rumors for quite some time saying that they're going to bring that back into the story. And if they do that, they bring back this concept of the wills into actual live action movies, as well as the force priestesses. And they decide to finally explain what it means to understand the ways of the force to come back as a force spirit of sorts. If they do that, then this concept could work. We already know we've seen Yoda come back again in the last Jedi. We know Mark Hamill is going to reprise his role as Luke Skywalker in episode nine. Chances are he's not going to be alive. If, I know there's a lot of people hoping that he didn't really die. I think that would be silly. What's done is done. Yes. The last Jedi killed his character off. Princess Leia and Rey both sensed that he was gone, that he was gone. Yeah. Because that they specifically said that they felt him leave. Right. So, that being said, we know we can easily surmise that he's 99.9% dead. Unless yeah. JJ wants to do a terrible twist, I think at this point, let let the ship has sailed. So that being said, Luke is going to come back as a force spirit. So if we start saying, okay, he's going to come back and they use him to help explain these possibilities to the audience, remembering that Star Wars elitists like us aren't going to be the only people in that theater. Yeah. Millions more we are outnumbered by millions when it comes to the mainstream audiences. So how are they going to convey this thought? Maybe they're going to use the idea of Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and explain and expand on the Star Wars mythos in such a way that we have not had since Empire Strikes Back. And that way, suddenly, we now understand how there can be an identity split between Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. Well, that might be interesting. Well, don't forget, they've always said and even in even in other Star Wars uh, lore and uh, everything else, Anakin and Vader are two separate are are always two separate entities. You have Anakin Skywalker, the personality. You have the personality of Darth Vader, and but they're the same person, always, Dave. They they're they're the same person. Yeah, we've discussed this before. But if you notice, like throughout the entire thing, they've always said it's almost like a split personality. Yeah, but it's not a split personality. He's the same person who chose to be evil and he forgot his name on purpose. It's it's poetic to say he's two people, but he's not. He's he's the exact same person. But let's say by expanding on what we know of Star Wars mythos, let's say they create this idea that a part of him that was evil managed to hang on after death and that created this version of a force spirit that's vader now the, the, that could work that could work especially going back to the article the one thing it brings up is like uh here it says in the force awakens we were introduced to ben solo who started using the sinister alias kylo ren as he trained under supreme leader snoke to become a sith lord kylo was obsessed with his grandfather darth vader and had traveled across the galaxy collecting pieces of paraphernalia and memorabilia one of his Let's get rid of that word memorabilia this memorabilia. isn't a baseball yeah i hate that the article put that in this isn't a baseball you know collection there's no memorabilia yeah but one of his most prized possessions was vader's melted helmet and that was one of the coolest moments in, in that force he, awakens that he uh when he's talking to it he probably grabbed that helmet from like a the mangy hands of an Ewok that was Ewok. using it as a drum set. He probably kicked the Ewok. He's like, give me this. <laughs> I need this. Helmet's mine. Uh, which he often conference with, promising to finish what Vader had started. Uh, the article goes on to explain that the element was uh, completely abandoned in The Last Jedi. We never saw it again. Now, JJ's taking over, and we knew that that was an important element in Force Awakens when he started. It wouldn't be far-fetched to actually see him come back to this element and want to bring this back. No, you're absolutely right. It would make perfect sense. Um, that was one of the biggest directions he was taking the show. It wasn't – a lot of people feel like – I guess the naysayers that really love Last Jedi and hate Force Awakens, they tend to say, well, you know, J.J. was just – 
utilizing and relying too much on nostalgia rather than you know giving us something new and ryan johnson gave us something new and i would disagree with that and i've said this time and time again jj had a very specific direction he was taking the show in fact he had written the treatment for last jedi and if people don't know what a treatment is it's essentially the movie it's just a condensed version and typically a movie depending on the minutes um you typically when you write a script i should say Every page equals a minute. So let's say Last Jedi is 230 pages, let's say. Yeah. Um, a treatment would probably be, for that type of movie, anywhere between 15 to 30 pages. So he essentially wrote the story. That's We already know that. That's been confirmed. Ryan Johnson, pretty much for the most part, threw out threw everything that. J.J. had written because uh, Kathleen Kennedy had given him that freedom and he went another direction. Whether or not you agree with that direction doesn't matter anymore at this point. However, J.J. might say, hey, let me bring this back because there was a distinct direction he was going in. He had said it in interviews that that Vader would play a very vital role to this new series. And in a lot of ways, his presence had to be there and not just a simple helmet. I think the helmet was the first step in a larger story to show that his presence is there. And if this is a true Skywalker saga, and this is part of the episodes that we've seen and we've come to grow up with, Darth Vader's presence should be there because that's the narrative thread that has kept the previous six movies together. It was Anakin Skywalker. It's his story. Yeah, it's his story. And the, the so thing for was, you to just kind of throw it out and forget the past and move forward and never look it, back at Vader again is kind of silly if you're trying to continue the Skywalker saga. Yeah. So I feel like it would fix a lot of the issues that we have and questioning whether or not this is even a Skywalker saga by bringing back relevance to Vader, whether it be an influence that he had, the evil side had an influence over Kylo and that's what manipulated and twisted him into evilness. That would be fantastic. And it'd be a great way to create cohesiveness, cohesiveness, not between, not just between episode seven, eight and nine, but also with the entire Skywalker trilogy as a whole. Yeah. Because you got to remember that, there was that there was the there was that always that one thing that they kept bringing up that you know Han would say he's he's just like his grandfather he there there's more of his grandfather in him and that's the one thing they always kind of hinted at in Force Awakens and then in in uh Last Jedi they even touched about on it briefly about talking about how Anakin's bloodline was cursed that it was the Skywalker Skywalker lineage that led to anger and fear and hate and stuff like that and they briefly touched on that and that's why i think it would make complete sense to actually bring not just bring back luke as a force ghost but bring back i don't i don't think anakin but i think darth vader as a force ghost would make complete sense because that's who kylo ren patterns himself after that's he he said it himself. He wants to finish what his grandfather started in Force Awakens. If that were the case, then yes, the Force spirit, the Sith ghost spirit of Darth Vader would arise, especially if he's collecting all these past memorabilia of him. Yeah, we have to bring back the Anakin slash Vader vibes, I feel, in the final movie. Otherwise, you just these movies don't feel like a continuation of anything. And I remember you, br- uh, and that uh, doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about what we've seen, but I feel like by the end of this entire saga, there's gotta be that, that arc, that overall extension of the Anakin storyline. Anakin's always been the focus of the stories. You know, if you listen to our interviews with George Lucas, this, a lot of people may think it's about Luke Skywalker. It's about uh, Anakin. Anakin. It is about the fall of a hero and then his son leading him back to redemption. But it's always been about Anakin Skywalker and for us kind of not to even use that really as anything else. Again, I feel like JJ was trying to bring that connection of Anakin and I chances are if JJ had directed episode eight, we would have gotten even more of that. But now in episode nine, we really got to bring that back. We got to bring it back full force. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's go to a very quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to get into some Star Wars Resistance news and how they may bring back Princess Leia. All right, we'll be right back. 
The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Andrew, Please. moving on, keeping up with the women. A uh. woman who broke her vagina. Oh. <laughs> they can break. Shares a hilarious Wait, warning. she did what? How did she, she break it? Broke her vagina. I think. <laughs> Continue, Andrew. Uh, shares a hilarious warning about using sex toys for the first time. What did she do? Like, ram it all the way in, including the, the remote control? <laughs> so how do I do this? <laughs> the cable's still there. We just shove it all in there. Is this how this thing it's works? It's all supposed to go in, right? Sex columnist Nadia <laughs> Is this how it works, guys? I'm not sure. They told me at uh, Fascinations that this is what I need. Very high-powered. Actually, oops, that wasn't Fascinations. The receipt says Lowe's. <laughs> at least Lowe's has a great return policy. Nadia McCody. Hold on, I'm not going to have a coming yet. I'm almost there. I'm like Randy. You got to work it. All right, I'm almost... We're done. <laughs> the 34-year-old goes to say in a video, it had been a long time since I had sex, referring to her divorce from her husband. It was quite odd in looking back that I was running a woman's website. Hold on a second. Randy. Yeah. Has there been some cold spells in your life where you didn't have sex for periods? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do you do to satisfy yourself? Do you use vibrators or do you just use the old the old flicker room? Um, Go ahead. You use Don't lie. Tinder or Snapchat and you oh, get someone so, to come oh, over. So that's what you've done. Everyone knows that sex is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So were you known as the girl that just has sex on the apps? Like, they're like oh, we all got to get Randy. <laughs> she just wants no, to. No, you just locked down a few... Trusty key people. Uh, okay. yeah, key people, and you just kind of. And you went, okay. What are you doing? And then. You say just like that. What are you doing? Do they all come running after that? <laughs> come here, you. <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold still and bring your mouth down to my pussy. <laughs> Do you mind if I use this dildo as well? I just picked it up from Home Depot. <laughs> Visit RainManShow.com. All right. Rainman Digital. That's right. Rainman Digital has premium shows available. And in this scenario, I think all of you listeners out there would be interested in more Star Wars from the back to tank. Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital. Head over there for all your additional Star Wars from the back to tank discussions, reviews of comics, retrospectives on Clone Wars, specialty discussions, behind the scenes video. You name it, we do it. So head over to Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge $5 or more a month to gain access to hours of additional Star Wars from the back to tank discussions. Thank you. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Uh, number 13, Johnson had a good reason for Ray's parents being nobodies, too. I, I still, I still don't agree. I don't agree, I don't with, agree that, with that. And I don't think that's what's going to happen, dude. I mean, it would destroy 
The Force Awakens and destroy the trilogy if you make her an absolute nobody after you've already drawn a connection to Anakin's lightsaber and heard voices talking to her that are directly connected to Skywalker. Uh, Maybe I don't want to go through these. (laughs) Well, no, it's it's not being negative. It's not being negative. But it is because it's going to make me negative. Johnson came up with a visual for Ray's vision before he knew what it meant. That's like writing a book without knowing what your story is. You're a fucking idiot, Ryan Johnson. I'm sorry. You're a fucking idiot. The mirror cave is another thing that I didn't even know what it meant when I first had the visual idea. And then as I developed the story, I realized, oh, this is his place and all of this and what it means to Ray. But does it mean anything to Ray since you think her parentage means nothing? So a meaningless scene that meant nothing means nothing because she's a nothing. You're an idiot, Ryan Johnson. I'm getting I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I, I'm ending it. Okay. I'm ending. I'm ending it. <laughs> Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. All right. Welcome back. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. You can always find our shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Also, Pozu. Keep your eyes open for more Pozu banners being put on our sites. Prepare to step into Star Wars Pozu footwear. Collaboration wearing boots and sneakers inspired by some of the film's lead characters, including BB-8 which is a BB-8 high top, the iconic Ray high boot, which is inspired by Ray's iconic knee boot, as featured in Star Wars The Last Jedi, and our vegan chewy Wookiee boot. Yeah, an entire Star Wars collection of footwear waiting for you to put your stinky toes in them. I already got my pre-order. Yeah, so please look at our sites. Don't go directly to the site because that doesn't really help us. Go to our site, click on those links and banners, and pick up some Star Wars shoes. Yeah. All right. So what do we got here, Dave? What news do we have? We have Leia Organa news, if we want to get into that. Apparently, Leia is not done, which I don't think any of us had thought, even though Carrie Fisher had died, uh, that suddenly... It's been a huge debate. Yeah, that suddenly Leia's stories would end. I feel like we can keep going with her stories and books and comic books. There's a lot of history that hasn't been necessarily uh, delved into. Now, apparently Leia Organa will appear in the upcoming Star Wars cartoon, Star Wars Resistance. Leia Organa will appear on screen sooner uh, than Star Wars Episode Nine. It was revealed she will be in the upcoming Star Wars Resistance, the animated series that debuts... In just a few short weeks in October, actor Rachel Butera shared on Twitter she would voice the iconic character in the series. Star Wars Resistance takes place before the events of The Force Awakens. In the trailer, we saw Poe Dameron, BB-8, and a slew of new characters in the first trailer, along with Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma was there. But Leia didn't appear in it, and her role wasn't expounded on either. However, this doesn't seem like it should be a small role Hopefully more than one episode. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with the thoughts from this article from Fansided or DarkSideOfTheForce.com. Um, okay, we're potentially dealing with six months before Force Awakens. If, Force you, were, Awakens, if yes. you were to believe recent stories, let, let's say we're two years before Force Awakens. Let's not even go with that recent rumor that has dropped that yes. we'll get into in a second. Um, you're dealing with Poe Dameron and the Resistance. Leia's got to play a part in that. Oh yeah, Leia has to play a part in that. I mean, she's she's she she's, is the general. She's the leader. She's the leader of the resistance. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind if she plays a very prominent role. I I almost feel like it would be 
a disservice, a, dis- a disservice to her character if we did not see a lot of her in it. Now, I know some people can argue that we should have seen her in Star Wars Rebels. And you and I had kind of voiced our opinion that no, let's not put her in Star Wars Rebels. She was much younger. Yes. Uh, her father was more of the leader along with Mon Mothma. Yeah. It wasn't until the events of New Hope where she really, really took on a leadership role. Yeah. And by that time, the, the Rebels story ended. Ezra's story, everyone has to understand that Ezra's story ends when New Hope begins. At least for... Star Wars Rebels, the first chapter of his story. The first chapter of his story. Yeah. So that being said, this is the moment where we definitely need to see her. There's so much politics going on, as we know by reading the uh, Last Shot solo book and, of course, the Aftermath saga from Chuck Wendig. There's a lot of politics and a lot of skirmishes that had transpired between Return of the Jedi and... And the Force Awakens. And to not have her be a part of the construction of the Resistance. What, there's a whole story there, Dave. We still need to understand how the New Republic managed to start losing power again to a fledgling uh, First Order. To yeah. a fledgling First Order. And also how they then created the Resistance as their secret army to fight against the First Order. When the New Republic, obviously for political reasons, couldn't get involved. These are all things that I'm I'm hoping we explore a lot more of in this Star Wars Resistance. Yes, a a lot of that was, as I said, was explored in some of those books, but it would make a lot more sense to see it also appear and be reiterated to fans that may not have read those books in Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, because I I definitely think that is one of the elements that is kind of sorely lacking nowadays in in regards to the new era of Star Wars the the storylines thus far because a lot of a lot of fans come up to me and ask me that one question how in the world why is leia leading a resistance when the new republic was still in power and usually my my go-to answer is you have to read the general leia book yeah to understand that but it was also which is not good movie writing dave so we can't point to a book and say well the movie didn't explain it so read this book the movies have to establish it eventually and, and kind of i know they touched on it vaguely in force awakens the idea that the resistance is fighting this secret jihad against the stand uh against the um First order, the first order, due to political reasons and political political restraints uh, to the newer public and why they couldn't get involved. So it was touched on. That's the reason why Hux chose the planet to blow up in the Force Awakens, but it wasn't really expanded on. So Star Wars Resistance, I feel, can be that show, can be that show. Something to it, yeah, and and bring a connection to Force Awakens. There's a lot, and going by this rumor, you know, six months leading up to. Force Awakens. First off, I don't know if that's a good idea, but listen, I'm not writing this show. I don't know what their plans are. But if you're writing within a six month time frame, it doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room for much story, right? No, not not really, because that's what I was really surprised with when I heard that rumor that the story was going to be only like a couple months before Force, uh, Force Awakens, which at first I was really concerned with. But then again, I was like, going, well, when we started up Force Awakens, we just got blasted into the story right away that Poe was on this secret mission. Mm-hmm. So what mission was it? And then we find out that the mission was to actually find Luke Skywalker, but there was no kind of like buildup for it. So that's why I was like thinking like maybe that's what they're going to use Resistance for is to actually build up to Force Awakens and to answer those questions that a lot of fans do have because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh unanswered and questions and loopholes that the new era of star wars story has like i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna be you know a total star wars nerd and tell you uh, try to praise the storytelling as it's perfectly perfect precise and there's nothing uh no unanswered questions Honestly, yeah, I understand that there are unanswered questions in Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and probably coming up to Episode Nine. And when I took a step back and I thought how how Resistance is going to fit into this, I think Resistance could be a really good stepping point for the story group to kind of say, okay, we're we know we bombarded everyone in the books. Let's let's take it up another notch. Let's go to another media and take it in the animation. Yeah. 
Well, there's a lot to do. And I know, you know, Star Wars Resistance can also explore certain things that was missing in The Force Awakens, like Lore Santeca. These are my expectations, and I'm not going to allow my expectations to ruin my first review of Star Wars Resistance. Resistance. But we have even that character that was briefly introduced at the very beginning of Force Awakens until Kylo Ren slashed him in half. Uh, and that was Lore Santeca. And he was that traveler explorer that was part of the Church of the Force. He was a very religious character. He had a lot to do with helping Luke uncover the mysteries of the Jedi and and lore after the Battle of Endor. And we don't really know much about that. We've never really delved much into that. And that could very well be because uh, the Lucasfilm Story Group and Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson all had plans uh, that to write stories and they didn't want to run the chance of possibly revealing information that one of them wanted to reveal in their movies. But moving into, you know, Star Wars Resistance being only six months before Force Awakens, I think a lot of this would make sense to possibly touch on the fact that Luke is gone. Luke is gone at this point. Yes. Will we see Han Solo, though? If we see Leia, we know Han Solo's off doing his own thing because he couldn't take uh, he couldn't take the fact that he came off. What was it? He couldn't take the fact that his son had fallen to the dark side and became evil. So he left and went to go do what he can do best. And in a way, it was just kind of a a remedy of sorts to help him cope. It was a coping mechanism. mechanism. And then of course, Leo fell back into politics that, which was her coping mechanism. So to see us bring those connections into resistance, I think is vital. Uh, Otherwise um, you're just going to get a show about a pilot. You, you, you have to really, and listen, I'm, I'm open to that because we said the same thing about rebels, but rebels found such a unique approach to store telly. They found such a unique approach to telling a story that they managed to tell very independent narratives for each of our characters that didn't rely necessarily on things from the past, but also eventually connected to the larger story of Star Wars. That's what I'm hoping out of Resistance is because like they have to, they, they have, have to do to that. Connect it to they, the, otherwise it becomes irrelevant, and yeah. nobody wants an irrelevant Star Wars story at this point in time. And I think that's the the best thing to do for Resistance. While Rebels connected to the original trilogy, have Resistance connect to this new upcoming trilogy. Yeah, agreed. Now, this article that says uh, it, <laughs> that's only six months <laughs> six before months. Force Awakens. Uh, there's this article from imonline.com. I don't know how real this is or not, but it has been circulating. It went viral. Lots of other blogs have picked it up. Uh, allegedly, Star Wars Resistance is the latest animated show, of course, from the Star Wars universe uh, to face leaks to their story. Now, apparently, a keen-eyed fan discovered that Resistance will be set six months prior to the events of Force Awakens. A brief synopsis was released for the series, which stated six months. Which stated six months. Interestingly, this was very quickly removed from the description from StarWars.com's the main website. The main website. Uh, hold on, Jesus. Interestingly, this was uh, quickly removed from the main website, StarWars.com. But of course, fans managed to screenshot it. And uh, here is the post from one such fan. I will reshare this post on our page, RaymanDigitalMedia.com, once this episode goes on demand but the screenshot clearly states six months that about six months before the force awakens star wars resistance tells the story of kazuda Izino. how you say that dave i believe yeah Zeno. his name is Zeno, a young pilot recruited by the resistance and tasked with a top secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the first order Now, according to this article, there are two possible reasons for this change. And the first is that this timeline is actually inaccurate, (laughs) which I'm hoping it is. Uh, This seems highly unlikely given that we already know about the show. Of course, it could be a year or 18 months, but anything farther back than that is doubtful. The second and most plausible reason is Lucasfilm doesn't want to corner themselves into such a tight timeline. Uh, See, that's my similar thought as well. Uh, they really don't want, they really don't have to give us anything so specific, meaning if they want to take a little longer to work up to the events of The Force Awakens, they can do so. However, by setting this series so close to the beginning of the sequel trilogy, 
I think they remove a lot of the story elements, which would otherwise make this show more interesting. I, I 100% agree. See, a part of me disagrees with that. You want it to all take place within six months. Here's, you want, let's say we have seven seasons, Dave. You want yeah. seven seasons of story to take place in six months. Because it's going to connect to the, to the new trilogy, you might be able to actually tell some stories within, the, within that trilogy, and it would actually be interesting. How? I mean, you would bring it... If they where's, were able, Zuda, where's Kazuto? That's the biggest question that, that's in my brain. Is like, okay, if this takes place in six months... Where's Kazuda? And, and all also, this Dave, shit? this could have worked fine because Force Awakens was just a couple days, right? Okay, fine. Kazuto could have been gone. But now we have the events of Last Jedi that also took place. Yeah. So suddenly, where are we working with? Where are we at? Between episode eight and episode nine, I don't think they're ready to explore that. So maybe as years go by, they can do a jump into that area. That's a possibility. But I feel like it would be a little contrived to yet again take one of our lead stars and conveniently misplace him. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah, with Ezra, kinda, they were taking a risk doing that with Ezra. And the, but the you gotta she, say they did it well. The sheer, because that was also Dave Filoni. The, the sheer balls that Dave Filoni has. <laughs> he was able to take that risk and it worked. But also, if it wasn't done correctly, Dave, it could have come off as very contrived. That's the thing with, that's the, that's the thing I, that has me intrigued. Okay. How are you going to explain Kazuda? Because he's not going to light, light speed all the way to the outer rim. There's no way they're going to do that. There, there's just no way. He's in the thick of it. He's part of the he's part of the resistance, and we know the resistance gets blown out of the water in, in Last Jedi. So where's Kazuda and all this? That has me driving to actually watch the series more because now I want to actually see where does this character fit. All right, fair enough. Obviously, we have two separate opinions, Dave. I will not throw stones at you for you having an opinion. I'm not social media. You can definitely express an opposing thought. Yes. I might I'm punch Filipino. you. I, yes, because her, his name is Sabal. <laughs> and you have, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> All right, let's move into uh, Star Wars Battlefront news. This is some video game updates on the Battlefront 2 Video game for PS4, Xbox, computer. Star Wars Battlefront 2 update adds new clone troopers. Full patch notes soon to be released. All right. So we finally got news on some of these updates coming to Battlefront 2. There's been a lot of questions as to when we will see things. Uh, EA had released a roadmap of sorts, I want to say, about eight weeks ago, detailing exactly what's going to happen. Because they needed to. They needed to. And exactly what direction they're going to be going over the next I guess for the rest of 2018 and they had promised clone wars themed content. Now the details have been released. Uh, people were wondering how much these things would cost. Uh, skins are available for the assault heavy and specialist classes of the clone wars era galactic Republic with each going for 20,000 credits or 500 crystals. If you want to actually spend actual money, money. Uh, there are also bundles that net uh, you all three skins for a, about uh, 40,000 credits. The new update also adds prequel era maps playlist to the game, which limits multiplayer patches or matches to galactic assault on clone wars era maps. The Naboo palace and hangar map is being added to both blast and custom arcade. And Ewok hunt is becoming a permanent game mode, which was a surprise hit with a lot of fans. Apparently people love killing Ewoks. Who doesn't (laughs) you gotta say that, concept that they had was fantastic and it was actually pulled off earlier in uh uh i think it's force unleashed can we uh, have a game mode where we can hunt uh rose tico and uh jar jar binks, <laughs> jar jar binks. <laughs> other multiplayer improvements include a new end of round uh screen that lists you overall score is this written correctly other multiplayer improvements have been included we also have the idea that we wow this is written really bad yes Okay, let me summarize. Uh, there's going to be emotes that we can buy as well as victory poses uh, that will be purchasable for both heroes and troopers, and they will cost 2,000 credits or 50 crystals, uh, and the troopers will only set you back 1,000 credits or 25 crystals. Also, there's been news with new characters, which I think yes. was more 
I think most people are more excited about those upcoming characters. We're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi, General Grievous, Anakin Skywalker, and Count Dooku. Uh, I believe Grievous and Kenobi are coming out as early as next month, if not at the end of this month. And they're going to cost 35,000 credits each, which is, isn't that bad. It's I, not bad, but well, still, the fact that they're charging. Well, is, it's it's not charging like real money. You have to work towards getting the credits. Yeah, I don't have, have a re- problem working towards something. Um, but the Solo skins and the Lando skin which wasn't even new characters. They were just skins. Were just skins. Those sons of bitches were 80,000 <laughs> credits, which is a lot of hours of gameplay to get to. Yes. So that being said, at least EA is being a little more cheap with this. They're, they're being a little more understanding of, yes, they're, they're, of players by saying only 35,000 credits. Each. The, the cool thing, the cool thing about this, I know a lot of people out there in regards to Battlefront aren't happy with how EA has treated it, but, the bonus to of this brand new news is the fact that the costs have come down. They saw what happened. They saw the backlash of what happened with the solo ones where they jacked it up the price to, I think it was like 85, 90, no, 80,000 credits, 80,000 credits for fucking skins. Dave. For skins. They weren't even new characters with different <laughs> abilities. Yeah. It was the same dialogue for 80,000 credits and just a different skin, it, which is complete bullshit. They called it the solo season and gave us no Nothing. new characters. They, they didn't gave, give a map. They gave us a skin of Lando, a skin of Solo, and a skin for Chewbacca, where Chewie wears glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't give us Kira. They don't give us Beckett. They don't give us any of our core characters, not even a Darth Maul robot version. Nothing. Yeah, it wasn't really a solo season. It don't call it that. So it looks like they're trying to give us more during the Clone Wars season. I still don't understand why they give us four characters. Why are you not releasing the entire gamut of Clone Wars characters? Yeah, or, or at least have a plan. All right, this month we'll release two. Next month we'll release two. The following month, another two months. Plus, the only the, the one thing that I do not like about the characters that they're releasing. Yes, they're releasing the Clone Wars era characters, but they're missing out on honestly one of the most important ones, which is Ahsoka. And there is no Ahsoka player uh, player character. I'm like, like, are you serious? It's Clone Wars season. It's strange to me. But you do, don't have Ahsoka. How do they not have Ahsoka? How do they not have any of our core characters except they have our three main characters, Luke, Han Solo, Leia, and Lando. That's kind of for the most part of the characters they and Darth Vader. And Darth Vader and the Emperor. Yeah. Where is where is um where's Obi-Wan? Where is Jen Asshole? <laughs> the, where is Director is one, Krennic? Yeah. Where are all these characters that they even ha- that they actually had in Battlefront One and suddenly have a new when you have a new game, aren't you supposed to get more? Yeah. No, they took away characters. They took away characters. It's unbelievable. I don't understand what they're doing. Either way, unfortunately, I'm a sucker and I keep playing this game because I want Star Wars. I want to play Star Wars. Well, and I think that's what EA relies on. They say, you know what? Fuck them. They're going to like Star Wars anyways. One of the one of the bonuses and they're video right. game wise, though, Star Wars wise, is the uh, I don't I didn't tell you about this, but I actually just saw this article right now that. Uh, Lucasfilm just announced that they're they're going with Xenic Games for all their mobile things, and two new uh, two mobile Star Wars games are being hyped big yeah. time. Yeah, Dave, but I want real games for consoles. Real games for consoles, yeah. Unfortunately, don't, don't get me wrong. I love some of those mobile games, but also Star Wars Commanders is good. Yeah. All right, Dave. Thank you for trying to find that silver lining. But silver it didn't, it lining. didn't work. I ripped right through that silver lining and went back to the toxicness at the bottom of that garbage pail. It's hard. That's it's... where I want to be right now. Okay. I want to, I want to wallow in that toxic sludge at the bottom of the EA garbage can. EA garbage can. <laughs> All right. Thank you everybody for listening. This concludes our discussion. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One. And if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and add us to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live... <laughs>
to Take is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotake.com. You can also find us on Twitter at FromBackToTake, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FromTheBackToTake. <laughs>